Uh, did you hear? Oh, bitch. Did you hear? Welcome to Did, did you, you Hear? Or Did You Hear? Did You Hear? Yeah, you got to get that upward yeah, inflection. You do. And not on every sentence like I do because I'm kind of a Californian. <laughs> My goal today is to not say like that much. I'm going I to be could. very aware of it. I say um a lot, I've realized, and I'm trying not to do that. I Every time I... I um, re-listen to everything. Yes. There I go. There you went. There, there you went. I went. Start clocking. There <laughs> I went. It's hard when you when and then what's the worst is when you start becoming super aware of yourself doing it. It's makes for it's not a great mix, but um, there it is. Oh well. You know, so such it is, is life. such as life. It's 2020. Coronavirus is spreading like wildfire. Spreading like wildfire. Uh, pretty soon, they're going to go again. Oh my gosh, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Pretty soon, we are all going to be just being, sitting at home. Yep. I mean, I do that anyhow. I know. So. Me too. So maybe we that's, won't get the coronavirus and we're going to be fine. See, that's and, the benefit of yeah. being kind of a hermit is mm-hmm. coronavirus not getting me. Mm-mm. Not happening. Not happening. I'm sitting at home. Watching 90 Day Fiance, text and gels, gifs. Yep. <laughs> By the way, guys, if you have not oh. watched 90 Day Fiance, there's a bunch of them. There's 90 Day Fiance, 90 Day uh, Fiance, Happily Ever After, mm-hmm. 90 Days, or wait, Before the 90 before Days. Before the 90 Days. And then there's the Pillow Talk. I haven't seen that at all. Wait, I haven't either. So we'll have to watch it together. Yes, we need to. And then, oh my goodness, these people people these people uh it's really great and this could easily turn into a 90 day fiance podcast i'm just gonna ask you really quick who's your favorite couple to watch i really like well darcy and jesse was a really good one for me they were just it was just so awkward and just so i don't know yeah by the way i started following darcy on there oh i I follow darcy on instagram now too (laughs) But yeah. you had to request to be her friend. I know. I requested. I was like, is this get, really happening? And yeah, yes, it, it is. Happened. I'm requesting Darcy. Yes. And I did. <laughs> she's, she's the first she's person I met many. And now all of our uh, two listeners. Uh, I know. <laughs> exactly. Maybe three. Maybe four. Maybe three. Maybe four. Uh, yeah. oh, shit. Um, Darcy and Jesse. Darcy and Jesse. But also... What was her name? The one with Mohammed. Nicole? Wait. No, no, no. No, that... Wait. Oh, Mohammed. Wait, which one was... was Nicole and Azin. Nicole and Azin. The one... The the other one that you liked. Mohammed. Oh, my God, Danielle and Mohammed. That was a train wreck! That was a train wreck. That was probably... I think... Yeah, Danielle and Mohammed, Nicole and Azin, and... Darcy and Jesse have been my favorites. Yes, <laughs> I really, sure. I really enjoy. Which, before the 90 days, Darcy is with her new boo. Oh. Yeah, so. I need to watch. To Maybe we'll watch an episode after this. Oh, we should watch if it. You, if you want to hang out. 
Done and done. It's happening. (laughs) And then, so, something I realized, we never talked about going to the Death Museum. Oh my gosh, we didn't. On the podcast at all. No, we just talked about it a little bit on Instagram, but that was it. So I thought maybe we could just briefly mention it. Yeah, let's do it. I thought of it when we drove over. So, months ago. Yes. (laughs) Months ago now. Maybe a year ago. No, No. it wasn't that long. But four months ago? Maybe like four months ago. So, Angelica and I went to the Museum of Death, and I almost backed out because I was getting scared because I was reading online about how gory it was. Mm-hmm. I did not back out, though. I went. So, we went to the Museum of Death here in Los Angeles. In Hollywood. In Hollywood. And it was interesting. It was the second time Gels had been. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Get a little more wine. Right there. Thank you. You can, yeah. I was like, you can kill that bottle if you want. Uh, just wait a little bit. Um, and it's very interesting. I do have to say. So it is, it, it starts off not that gory. It starts off with what I thought was very interesting, like serial killer art and things, co- Poetry it was weird, but interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of diary entries yeah. and, and uh, paintings mm-hmm. from serial killers and yeah. stuff like that. And then it got progressively worse. Mm-hmm. It got real bad, you guys. For me, who does Stephanie not... couldn't take it. I could not take it. There were a lot of crime scene photos. Oh, my God. I had to basically run out of that museum with my eyes down I was just looking at the ground well I had to warn you if there was something coming up yeah yes and then then at the end it's like oh something there something there something there okay just leave yeah it was just leave yeah because after the serial killer art room I had gels warn me and then it just got it just got so I think it was the Manson murder crime scene photos I was like I'm bye (laughs) bye oh my yeah I could not handle it at all it's pretty intense you have to be you have to be prepared I think because I had already gone yes I I was pretty you know it didn't bother me as much the first time was pretty traumatic for me yeah a bit because I hadn't seen all that right uh but and there were crime scene photos. And I only saw one very briefly because I refused to look at the wall. But there was a crime scene photo. It was a collection of photos that this these two people had taken. It was a man and a woman cutting off another man's penis and, like, being trigger warning oh, <laughs> next yeah. to his dead body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Graphic, graphic, graphic. Graphic content. <laughs> graphic content. 18 and up only. <laughs> uh, it was intense. And that was too much. Yeah, it was a lot. So anyway. But uh, are you glad that you went? I am glad I went. Okay. I do think that, I think that they're, I think that they have a good mission, which is to, death is a real part of life. And Mm -hmm. it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. And... It's sometimes it's horrific. Other times it's just normal. Like they they had a room that was just a you know what morticians do and things like that, which is very educational. I yeah. think important. Um, so it's they not also had all a day of the, day of the dead. They, yes, they had the day of the dead, and, and they had like a taxidermy taxidermy. Room. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So 
it's important. And people yeah. that are, you know, morticians and autopsy and forensic scientists, they do very important work. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Um, it was very, it was very interesting. I am glad I went. I would never go again. <laughs> Anyone that wants to go with me, I'll go again. You can go again. Go again. But, but yeah. No, yeah. It, 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 it takes, yeah, you have to be ready. Yeah. So that was it. I guess I that just wanted to talk and say that we went. Yeah. We went together. Woo! We went five. together. High five. We did it. Um, put antibacterial. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as as soon as my hand hit her, gels is like <laughs> crinkling it up. Ew. <laughs> Coronavirus, I die. Put that antibacterial. My boss is literally every half an hour or so she's spraying her hands with antibacterial. And I told her, I said, you know, the more you use that, the less effective it's going to be, right? And she's she didn't care. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. It smells good though. Ooh. Um that and, oh, I also want to touch on, I just started listening to the LA Times has produced a podcast on uh, Rodney Alcala, the uh, dating game serial killer. I was just reading about him today. Yes. He's fascinating. And mm-hmm. the podcast is very, very well produced. It's by the same woman that did, she did um, the Golden State Killer one for the LA Times Oh, and I'll have to another to that. one. She's great, fabulous. Okay. It's very well done. So I started listening to that on the way here. Oh, nice. I have to. I have to listen to yeah some more. I've been listening to a lot of NBC Dateline. Ugh, love uh, it. They have a podcast, so you can listen to them. I've been listening to those because they're short and sweet. Oh, nice. And so okay. I'm like, ooh, they're very interesting. Let me listen to that. Um, Dateline related. Uh-huh. Do you follow Keith Leans on Things? The Instagram. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I follow him though. It's great. I love Keith Morrison, Josh Mankiewicz, but Keith Morrison, he loves to lean on things. That's and there's funny. a Instagram de- dedicated to it. It's fabulous. So it's amazing. Actually, I had a few things I wanted to touch yes. on too. Do it. Because last time we talked, we um we were talking about the world uh sorry. Hold on. I gotta get my notes out. We were trying to figure out how how far the girl from that fell into the Amazon <laughs> yes. had fallen. Remember? Yes, I do. Her name was uh, Julianne Kopeck. Yes. So she actually fell ten thousand feet. Okay, that's a lot. And I looked into MythBusters because remember yes. I talked about MythBusters and yes. like I didn't know details or whatever. If it, yeah. So they tested it out. They couldn't get the amount the same amount. As uh, um, like the thirty three thousand feet, yeah, the Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mount Everest. They did two thousand feet because that was like the highest. The helicopter, the helicopter had some like difficulties. I was like two thousand. We're not even up to ten thousand. I uh, know, but they had um, they had, they had like a piece of an aircraft, and they kind of put a dummy into the uh-huh. like whatever the same position that it would have been, kind of yeah. like sitting in the. In the back of the airplane. Anyway, so they dropped it down. The dummy had already been through a bunch of tests, though, so, like, yeah. it was not okay. Yeah. But the top part of the plane was fine. So they determined that it was possible. Okay. Yeah. It's still, though, 2,000. That people could survive. 33,000. I think 2,000, yeah. 
But I mean, like ten thousand okay. for sure. This this lady yes. and the Amazon. Survived. I don't. I don't doubt her. Her at all, Juliana Kopeck. Don't doubt that. Yeah. Height or anything at all. The thirty three thousand is. I'm a, a bit little skeptical. skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. Not that I don't think she survived an explosion because I do. Yeah. No. That, which definitely. I mean, and, and but I, the the thing that they did say at the end, it's all about the angle and how That's it true. landed. That's true. So, whatever she did, you're right. You know, it could have. Yes. Even though. Because it was a big impact. Yeah. It could have, yeah. Yes. So. True. True. Absolutely. Anyway. 100%. I just want to let, fill you in on that because. Thank you. I wanted to follow up. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So. Yeah. All awesome. right. So what you got for me? Okay. So did you hear about the Stargate project? No. And remote viewing? I've heard of it. But I don't know much about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. You better (laughs) tell me. Good. Okay. So, this is, this topic is really fascinating to me. Um, And, all right. I'll just, I'll just get into it. So, first of all, I'll start with a brief overview of what remote viewing is. Yes. To me. I don't know what that is. Okay. Perfect. So, it's, it's not. Black web. Oh no! Oh oh no! It's uh, <laughs> down the black web. Um, <laughs> is that what it's called? I don't know. Dark web. Dark web. Dark web. <laughs> I just said black. Um, by the way, sorry. Like, yeah. Um, side note: Did your did ghost you, come back? No. no, the ghost did not come back. <laughs> but um, I heard that the LAPD or something, or some uh, detectives that were on the case for the Kobe Bryant. Mm, uh, yeah. They released photos. Or, like, yeah. they're showing photos. Scumbags. Yeah. Scumbags. Yes. Yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah. Awful people. Yeah. Okay, so, well, I'll reintroduce my thing because they got busted because there was one of the deputies, or I don't know if he was a deputy, one of the cops or somebody at the crime scene mm-hmm. took photos and then was showing them, he was trying to at impress. A bar, right? Uh, yeah, he was trying to impress his date at oh, a bar. No. And then the bartender overheard it and was like, hey, this, like, I don't think this is legal. And so called. Mm-hmm. I like morbid things, but come on. That's yeah. so not okay. Yeah, no. That was a lot of glottal fry there. Um, that was yeah, what? I did a lot of glottal fry. Uh, what? Glottal fry? Oh, <laughs> Yes, they oh, did. Yeah, awful. Yeah. awful. They're getting yeah. in trouble. Good. Good, yeah. Anyway, no, sorry. No. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. Well, okay. So remote viewing. Yes. Okay, so remote viewing, it's in a way, it's like astral projection, kind mm-hmm. of, but not really. So basically, mm-hmm. here's from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It's the practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen target using ESP, extrasensory perception, or sensing with the mind. So, essentially, remote viewing is you're Angelica, you're sitting here, you're, I take a box Mm -hmm. and I go to your bedroom. 
mm-hmm. and I put an object in the box. Mm-hmm. And I come back to you and I say, Angelica, tell me what is in the box using remote viewing with your mind. A pizza. A pizza. It would be a pizza for you. Yep. <laughs> you did it right. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's that's essentially what remote viewing is. So it's, okay. it's people using their, oh, I think in New York City on 34th Street, I can see a trash can. There's rats. You know. Okay, but that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see that anywhere. Yes, you are. So you're exactly. accurate. I'm accurate. Exactly. I'm winning. Um, so this this thing, so the phrase remote viewing, the actual term for it, was first suggested by this guy named Ingo Swan, mm-hmm. who is a bit of a nutter. Uh, I have to say he's written books about having uh, psychic sex with alien people. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, interesting. I, so there's another podcast I like called Mysterious Universe. Uh-huh. And it's these two Australian guys. And they are, they're bonkers, just like us. And they they talk about remote viewing and Ingo Swan stuff all the time. They're always talking about it, which is really interesting. So, <laughs> but with remote viewing, so, you know, it's basically, it's kind of people being psychic and mm-hmm. things like that. But, um, you know who took an interest in this? Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, I wish, maybe. Oh, okay. Um, the U.S. federal government. Oh. Hence, Stargate Project. Do they think it's true? Yeah, they sure did. Oh, They snaps. sure did. Okay, so this is where it gets, this is really interesting. So now we know what remote viewing is the term. Mm-hmm. Going to go into Stargate Project. Not to be confused with one of my favorite childhood movies, Stargate, starring my loves, Kurt Russell, and James Spader. <laughs> have you seen that movie? No. Oh my god, you have got to see. Okay. We're going to watch Stargate. Do you like Kurt Russell? I do, yes, I do. Do you like James Spader? Yes, I do. I will watch. Done. I will watch. Also, that movie's great. I was first... James Spader plays this nerd who's really unsure of himself. (laughs) And that's the first thing I ever saw him in. So when I saw him being a dick in all of his other movies, I was very confused. Mm. Because I was like, you're just this cute little nerd. You're a cute little nerd. It wasn't. Secretary, really. How rude. Did you see that movie? Secretary? No, I haven't seen that either. It's James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Where they have a BDSM relationship. No, I haven't seen it. It's great. There's so many movies I haven't seen. We gotta get catch up. We need to get it together. We need to get together. No more 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. Watching James Spader movies. (laughs) So, uh, okay. So, Stargate Project. So, the... Okay. In the 1970s, the CIA and the DIA, which I've never heard of before, but that's the Defense Intelligence Agency... I was about just about to ask you what that meant. Yeah. Did you know we had that? No. <laughs> I didn't I did either. Not. Okay. So um, we do. And so the two agencies want to see if there was any military capabilities for psychic power. Okay. And so in the 1970s, they started developing these studies. And so the Stargate Project was named in the 1990s. The name came out for... All of these tiny little pro- like um, missions and studies mm-hmm. as a whole. 
So I'll be talking about a few different ones. But the overarching thing is called the Stargate Project. Mm -hmm. So in 1970, the U.S. government heard that the Soviet Union spent 60 million rubles on uh, psychotronic research. I don't know what psychotronic means, but I guess psychic. Okay. I don't know how much 60 million rubles is. Another thing I was about to ask you. What is that in dollars? <laughs> Five paper clips. I have no idea. I, I, I knew I should have looked it up, and I didn't. Uh, but so just like with everything, anytime the U.S. heard the Russians were doing every anything, we're, we think, hey, we got to do it too. That's the only reason we have a space mission. NASA exists because yeah. of Russians. Um, Russians. Oh, that's Russians. Um, so then... Um, so then in 1970, the Air Force created a program called Scanate, mm-hmm. which was scanned by coordinate. Okay. So which is going in with this remote viewing. So then, um, so they, they started getting funding. And then in 1972, the Stanford Research Institute, uh-huh. or SRI, began a remote viewing program because... This is, okay, also, I just have to take a sidebar to say, I feel that so often women are told we're crazy because we like things like astrology, or mm-hmm. we believe in ghosts, or things like that. We're like, yeah. crazy women. And here is the U.S. government and top scientific minds in the country spending millions of dollars, I'll get to how much they spent. It was a lot. I think it was twenty million dollars. Yeah, they spent twenty million dollars on this thing. So anyway, so <laughs> basically, they can't say anything because they can't say anything. They're just trying to keep it under wraps and be like, ding, ding, ding. Ooh, yes. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was so. Anyways, Stanford Research Institute. So they began began a remote viewing program. It was, uh, the two scientists were Russell Torg and Harold Putoff. And they decided, hey, we want to test psychics and see Mm -hmm. if there's any truth. Because we believe there's a little bit of truth in psychic ability. Yeah. So for remote viewing. And Ingo Swan, the guy that came up with the name remote viewing, he was one of their psychics that was part of this program. He's bonkers, though. Oh, my um, gosh. So, and as they started this program at Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, they started to get some successful results. Yeah. And this the results then gained the interest of the U.S. Department of Defense. Okay. And one of their most successful results that they had during the program is one of, one of their psychics was a lady, Rosemary Smith. Um, she, through her remote viewing, they said that they were able to find a lost Soviet spy plane hmm. that was, had crash landed. So basically they had these, these different psychics sitting in rooms and they were like, Hey, and they did the box thing. That was one of the first things they started doing. They're like, okay. they put an object in the box and go out and can you tell me what's in this or they would take a photo they would put a photo and can you tell me what's in on this photo and so people would just be sitting there and trying to find it and 
this woman supposedly was able to... So, would they just test random people, or... I'm the, confused, because... They had... How so was the program, or It what? was people people that proclaimed to be psychics. Okay, I see. Okay. Got... got were it. recruited. Got it. Okay. And one of them, too, so there was this... Um, one of the most famous... So, they were starting to produce results, quote-unquote. And so, then the Air Force asked... Um, a psychologist, Ray Hyman, to go to SRI and investigate specifically Yuri Geller, who is one of their top psychics. And Yuri Geller, do you remember the magician who would like stare at a spoon and make it bend? Yes. That's Yuri Geller. Oh. So he went on to become super famous after all of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Yuri Geller also said that he got his powers from aliens. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was <laughs> researching it. But, yeah. So, uh, so the psychologist came back and he said he found, he thought that Geller was a fraud. <laughs> to the Air Force. He's like, this is bullshit. Um, however, <laughs> they, they, they kept on going and they were producing results and they were saying, hey, our people are being able to accurately tell us what is in the middle of the forest they're sitting in this room and they can tell us exactly what is this and this so the government's thinking hey we want to use this for military capabilities and spying and all of that so in 1977 the army started uh, another program called gondola wish and this is the first time that they set up offices for okay. the express gondola-ish. interest, gondola-ish. <laughs> um, to explicitly study it, so they were a, a, they wanted to evaluate potential adversary applications of remote viewing. So, hey, if we know we can remote view, and we heard the Russians were spending on it, what would happen if they were doing it to us? Mm-hmm. Can you believe this? This is bonkers that the the U.S. government spent $20 million on this. I'll never... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it happened. It was over 20 years. Um, and then in 1978, they started um, another program called Grill Flame, mm-hmm. which was based out of Fort Meade, Maryland. And mm-hmm. then they just had... They had a roster of psychics on the payroll... One of them used their tarot cards to try to remote view and all these other things. So, and it just kept going. They were just testing. But overall, with remote viewing, they have very, it's not very accurate. As I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's not very accurate. And Your um, grandmama should have gone over there. She should have. Oh my gosh. She would have made big bucks. She would have made the biggest bucks. Absolutely. And then, um, but then in 1979, so the scientists at SRI, mm-hmm. they integrated with the U.S. Army and Grill Flame. So they're they're saying, here's all of our research mm. on remote viewing. Here's crazy Yuri Geller and Ingo Swan, and let's bring it all together. So this went on for, for years. So it, then in 1995, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason, the CIA took over the program from the DIA and they put together a task force. They're saying, hey, you know, this has been going on for basically 20 years. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what 
we got for our $20 million that we spent on it. And also, every year that these programs were going on, the people running it, every year, had to go to select House committees of the Senate and the House and get it approved for funding. Every single year for pretty much twenty years. I can't imagine that this thing now. got funded. Yeah, it was it got funded through nineteen ninety five. Isn't that bonkers? <laughs> wow, we are testing psychic ability. So it's not it's not going on anymore. It's not going on. So it got defunded in nineteen ninety five. Okay, and this big expose came out about it. Mm-hmm. In Time magazine, reported that at the time there were still three. Full-time psychics on the payroll, oh and they gosh. were made on a $500,000 a year budget. <laughs> Three psychics in 1995 were still on the payroll for the U.S. government <laughs> military. I, so, okay, so did anything, even, like, anything no! really come out of it? No! <laughs> Nothing! <laughs> Sometimes they, they found that one spy plane that yeah. had been, like, that had crashed. Yeah. And... Sometimes they were able to accurately say what was in the box in the room next door. I mean, there are things. I I mean, the guys on Mysterious Universe go in depth. I mean, Ingo Swan yeah. was cuckoo. Like, I mean, he he had some weird things about having sex with aliens he really liked to talk about. Oh, no. Psychic no, no. sex. But he was one of them, and... So people had these claims, but did it help win any wars? Did it help do anything? No, it not a thing. But then in uh, so in 2017, there was uh, a big push to put a bunch of declassified records online, mm-hmm. and so you can read a bunch of Stargate Project documents on the Crest Archive. Mm. On the CIA website. And they're all online. Mm-hmm. I started reading some of them. And one, it was from 1970-something. And uh-huh. it was this meeting of army generals who were meeting. And they were talking about, well... And it was the, the whole thing. They were talking about, well, if Russians have this psychic capability and they can see us, we need to be able to do it so we can see them. It was... Oh, my And there are so many documents. And you can just... It kind of reminds me of, have you seen Independence Day? Which, yes. Yes. Okay. I have seen that. Do you remember the scene where Bill Pullman, as it's the president, fabulous job he did in that movie. I love that movie so much. But he's <laughs> sitting there movie. and he said, he's like, I'm the president. If Area 51 was real, I would know about it. Mm-hmm. And then the army general, he says, well... Actually, sir. And then everybody, and then there's this shot of everybody pant- looking over at him. And then the next shot is Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this makes me think of. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure the people, the thing too about the funding mm-hmm. is with select house committees, it's not all of the Senate and all of the house. Mm. It's certain people on it. So it, it was very hush hush for a while because people some people clearly took it as a joke but obviously it happened for basically 20 years yeah the stargate project where they're paying that's a long time it's a long time 20 million dollars to say hey this is working or you know they could have they could have 
gotten rid of it. Right. After being like, okay, this is ten not years. working. Yeah, ten, ten years. It went on for twenty, like twenty years. Ooh. Um, so, <laughs> so that's the Stargate project, and the government spent millions of your taxpayer dollars. Oh my goodness! Not ours. We were too young, but our parents and grandparents' yeah. taxpayer dollars we on researching psychic ability. Remote view, specific, not even psychic, well, I guess all, but specifically remote viewing. So wanting to see. I wonder what all these psychics that were involved in this are doing now. Some are probably deceased. Yeah, Ingo Swans passed away in 2013. I can't remember if Yuri Geller is still alive or not. Uh-huh. I think a lot of them have passed on. Yeah. Um, but I remember, too, reading... At their high point, they had probably close to 100 people working a day on this project. And then it dwindled down. Yeah. But, and so... So interesting. Right? It's fast. I just, to me, the fact that the government believed it to maybe be true. The yeah. government puts their money into some interesting things. I mean, like, you, you have to look into everything, but... And Stanford Research Institute. Yeah. That's... <laughs> but that's a long time to be looking into that. It is a long it's time. It's not... The results well, are nothing. Right. So my thing is... So do I... I personally do believe that people have the ability to do remote viewing. Yeah. I do think it's a thing. Do I think a lot of people can do it? No. And is it accurate? Absolutely not. So that's the problem with... And that's the problem with a lot of psychic ability things. It's not accurate. Yeah, I feel like if it was accurate, then there would be so many more insights into things. Yes. That, you know... Absolutely. We wouldn't know about and be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Yeah. Or more lottery... More, more lottery winnings, right? Exactly, and that's the thing. That's the thing when people will say, "Oh, if it was psychic, why aren't they rich?" And when the lottery, because that's not how it works. It's yeah. there are so many variables at play as well, and especially mm-hmm. with my family that read tarot. It's okay. Yeah. We're reading your tarot off based off of you right now. However, you could go and make a different decision. It's not. It's not hard and fast. Right. This is if you were to stay on the same path, and there's so many different. Yeah. Anyways. Um, that was so interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah. I what else no is idea. the government spending oh money on? What are they doing right now? That in twenty years, what are they doing that we're going to be? They are researching TikTok videos. I don't. Know. Oh yeah, they're researching TikTok. They're probably going to take over. I can guarantee they're probably look. They, they probably have some crazy research on social media and how they can. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I mean, with the whole elections oh, and all that stuff, well, like yeah. What am I even saying? Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also, so this too also reminds me of when I did, talked about Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Yeah. And the government investigated claim. Yeah. The claims. Are you saying that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of makes me feel better that I'm like, okay, some. Yeah. These people kind of sometimes believe voodoo not voodoo but you know yeah or at least they try to believe in it yeah which is interesting um i guess if you're trying to be the best of the best 
the best of the best. And what can we turn into a military weapon? Yeah. Sasquatch would be a great military yeah. weapon. Let's Psychic ability. Let's get them on the team. We're getting our X-Men together. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that was that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank you Yeah. You're welcome. All right. So, Stephanie, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So, did you hear about the Los Angeles fox? <laughs> no. And no, not the animal. No. Okay. I know. Okay. I'm excited. Tell me. So I picked this topic because it's very close to home. It happened here in Koreatown. Okay. And I was trying to find something local. Yeah. And I found out I had no idea about this. Yeah. So let's look into this. I think you. I think you're gonna like this story. War- warning: It is graphic. Some things are graphic. It is. I mean, my my stories are pretty much <laughs> always graphic. Always. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you signed up for it. You did. Okay. <laughs> you can stop right now. Yeah. Okay. So there was a Los Angeles Times article that I found that I really liked because it kind of summed it up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of, I'm going to read her article and then like add in little bits and pieces of it. Okay. Because it just like, I don't know. She did a really good job. Her name is Cecilia Rasmussen and, uh, it was published in 2001. Okay. But the actual incident happened in 1927. Oh. Yeah, so it's old Los Angeles. What was Koreatown called back then? It was called Koreatown, I think. Was it? Okay. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But <laughs> when I found it, it said Koreatown. Okay. Okay. So I will tell you, it happened in a Manhattan Place in Fifth Street. Okay. Which is very close to me. Yes, it is. Um, the family that I'm going to talk about, they live off of Wilton. Okay. Or they lived off of Wilton. Right. They, we're right here. Yeah. So it's like very close. Yeah. That's what attracted me to this uh, this incident. So I'm just going to start reading her article. Okay. It says, uh, the title is Girls' Grizzly Killing Had... City residents up in arms. Okay. It is every parent's most horrific nightmare. A child's violent death at the hands of a predator. Nearly five years before the internationally reviled kidnapping of aviator Charles Lindbergh's 20-month-old son in New Jersey in 1932. Did you hear about that one? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So this was before that. Okay. Angelinos reacted with that same horror and fear at the abduction and murder of a local girl, 12-year-old Maron Parker. Hmm. Yes. And she was a twin, too. Aww. Yeah. The grisly crime that left the child lifeless, dismembered, and discarded along the streets of Los Angeles triggered one of the biggest manhunts in the West. And the first insanity plea under a new state law. National press coverage toward the 1927 tragedy into what many then considered the crime of the century. So it was crazy when this happened. Los Angeles went bonkers. Yeah, I can like imagine. they wanted the new um, the LA Times actually published a whole thing about how. People need to be responsible for their actions and like yeah. 
how murder they were they're going to change all the laws they actually didn't end up changing any of the laws but yeah they like it was a whole they published a whole paragraph a whole story of how they were going to change everything and how murderers had to be murdered and all this stuff like mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was really it was a really really big case nobody yeah. really talks about it anymore because i was in the 20s and so right you know it's kind of no one remembers it but right okay because a child and her parents geraldine and parker or G- geraldine and perry parker were not global celebrities the grime deeds are now mostly forgotten, eclipsed by more recent outrages. But few have been more revolting. A former Kansas City High School scholarist star turned petty thief, 19-year-old William Edward Hickman, began his life of crime, pilfering candy at age 11. Shortly. What? Sorry, I just like, oh, that 11-year-old's still in that candy. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how it starts. It's how it starts. Don't you take oh, that bubble yum. Oh, my gosh. I, although I did take some, like, uh, pistachios out of the <laughs> the county, like, you know. You yeah. know those, like, what is it called? Like, the ones that they have yeah, the sprouts? Yeah, the bins. The bins. Those bins. Yeah. I'm like, I just want one. <laughs> I, well, you better watch out. I better watch out. Life of crime awaits you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's funny because his name is William Edward Hickman. Ben's first name is William. And his last name is Hicks. Hicks. Oh, Hicks. (laughs) Almost Hickman. Ben, is that you? Is that you? (laughs) He wouldn't do that. No. Uh, That I know of. That you know. Mm -hmm. Never know. You never never really know. know. You never know. But if something happens to me, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's me. Stephanie did it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, he was 11 when we started stealing candy. Okay, started stealing candy. He was out of control. Out of control. So he met a 16-year-old named Welby Hunt. He gradu- graduated to forgery, armed robbery, and murder. So the- these people, he met his best friend who was his partner in crime. And mm-hmm. they were out to get everyone. So... They were in Kansas City, but that was in 1926. Okay. They wanted a different life. They headed to Los Angeles, where they lived with Hunt's grandparents in Alhambra. Hunt would later testify that Hickman once confided that it was his wish to get someone and chop them up in Mm. little pieces and throw them along the highway. What the fuck? Ooh. Damn. Would have been like, hmm. Are we really friends? Are we really friends? That's that's something else. Yeah. yeah. No. All right. So on Christmas Eve in 1926, the pair were holding up a Los Angeles drugstore when they were caught in a shootout that left one police officer shot in the abdomen and druggist Clarence Ivy Toms mortally wounded. After laying low for a, for a time, the two resorted to jobs as messengers at a downtown bank. I don't know what the heck a messenger is. Is that just like a telegram messenger? I... Or like, or maybe hello. like a delivery... Maybe like a delivery boy? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I there think that, I, that's, that's true. It's probably like a bike messenger? Like, like, yeah. You know? Delivering things? Yeah, that maybe. makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So... 
during this ordeal where they're working at this bank, yeah, there was a man named Perry Parker. Mm. And he was the bank's chief clerk and the father of a son and twin girls. Mm. The work at the bank had evidently not stopped the teenagers' crime spree. And on May 24th, 1927, the morning after Hunt's grandfather withdrew a large sum from his bank, his body was found beneath Pasadena's Colorado Street Bridge. Oh my god. Yeah. The, bu- the money was gone, but five suicide notes were left behind, written in two hands. Five? Five. These, these kids were not smart. These guys, clearly. yeah. Get it together, guys. Jeez. Just put, like, one. One, or... In one... In one handwriting. Yeah. Jeez. Oof. Yeah. Hickman, in the meantime, had forged $400 worth of checks at the bank. He was fired and prosecuted. Out of work, he pu- or out of work, he pulled out several penny ant holdups. I don't know what penny ant holdups are. Is it just like I have just no random? Idea. <laughs> just like, hey, here, I'm, I'm holding you up. Give me your pennies. Give me your pennies. <laughs> I have no idea. Penny candy, I know. It's those yeah. gross sugar buttons. I know. That's all. I don't know. Um, okay, wait, let's see. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they were, they were out to get people. They were out to get money the best way they could or the easiest way they could. But by December, Hickman figured he had a surefire way to make money. So 10 days before Christmas, he walked confidently into Mount Vernon Junior High School and told a secretary that his employer, Perry Parker, who was... The chief um, guy at the bank yeah. had been hurt in an auto accident and wanted his younger daughter by his bedside. This Remember, these are twins. And he uh, didn't know. He knew that he had two daughters and a son. Right. But he didn't know they were twins. Okay. So the secretary summoned Marion, not her older twin, Marjorie, how old, like, how do they know you're five minutes ahead of I know. Ah. That's what I'm wondering. Like, she's yeah. like, hold on, let me look at these records. <laughs> she is one minute. Oh, my God. She's one minute younger. So, it is Marion. And she left with Hickman. It was the last time anyone saw her alive. Oh, my God. I am so angry. <laughs> they were like, let me see your ID. I like, know. I, the times Marianne, are so do you different. know this guy? Yeah, it would be so different yeah. now. Yeah. Like, do you know who this is? Like, I don't know. Go with a stranger. Your dad's hurt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. He did not. Oh, so, like, this is another thing. He did not know that Marion had a twin. And he didn't even know their their names at all. He just said, like, they didn't even ask him, oh, which twin are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, my God. These people. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So, so infuriating. Yeah. So... Marion was turned over to him. Holt said during Hickman's trial that she never would have let Marion go, but for apparent sincerity and disarming manner of the man. I guess he was very convincing. <laughs> Salesman. Salesman. <laughs> 
That's what I do. I go to all the <laughs> she schools. She does. Watch out for Stephanie. Watch out for me. <laughs> oh, my God. So, within hours, a bizarre telegram arrived at the Parker house, followed by a letter demanding $1,500. Get it. This straight, it said. Your daughter li- your daughter's life hangs by a thread, and I have a Gillette, a razor blade, very popular in the oh, 1927s. Interesting. Era. <laughs> in parentheses, that's a razor blade brand. <laughs> it's the best a man can the get. The best a man can get. Mm-hmm. Ready and uh, able to handle the situation. And it was, saw- it was signed Fox Fate. Fate? Mm-hmm. F-A-T-E. Interesting. Yeah. So when Parker went the next night to drop off the ransom at 10th Street and Gramercy Place, oh right my- over here. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. Oh, my God. Not close to me at all. Not close to Angelica at all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Keep your address out while you're at it. <laughs> Hickman was spooked. When he saw police and with the child still in the front seat of his coupe, drove back to his apartment. Mm. So that was the first exchange. He was like, okay, this is, I had to change this up a little bit. A second exchange was arranged, but Hickman never intended to return the child alive. Mm. As he, as she sat bound to a kitchen chair, he strangled her with a dish towel. He would later testify that as he put her body in the bathtub, she kind of came to, started to get up, but he pushed her back down and stabbed and mutilated, mutilated her. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, that was the second attempt he tried to, like, meet up with the guy. The next night, Hickman drove to the designated drop-off point at Manhattan Place and Fifth Street. Marion's bundled up figure sat next to him. He stopped the car when he saw Parker. So this time Parker didn't come with the cops because the last last time time it scared him away. So um, he stopped there. He had a shotgun. He put it out the window and demanded the money. Parker said, or Parker saw his daughter's face in the darkened car. No. And turned over the satchel. No. Wait, when you said, this, is it just her head? Oh my God, what's happening? Okay, well, let me uh, just show you a picture no. of her. No, it's just, it's just her. Oh. That's just like her. Oh no, okay, I think I know the story actually. Keep going. It wasn't just her head. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not that. Yeah, I'll just keep going. Hickman X. Ex- Accelerated, then screeched to a brief halt about 200 feet away and shoved out the bundle. No. It was Marion's limbless torso. No. Explain my, tell them what my face looks like. (laughs) She looks like she's. Oh my God. Home alone, about to die. (laughs) Home alone, about to die. Sorry, and I apologize if I laugh at all. I laugh when I get really like uncomfortable. I giggle, so that's what that is. It's not that I think anything is funny. I don't think anything is funny at all, but I'm highly, highly, highly uncomfortable. Oh, my God, it hurt. Wait. Yeah. 
So her, it, it was her, oh just God. her torso. Oh my God, her poor dad. Okay, keep and going. her, I mean, her head was there too. Her head was there. It but was oh. all. It was just the por- torso. Oh. Okay, so let me. Okay, sorry. Her eyes had been sewn open to make it appear that she was alive. <gasps> what a fucker. Yeah, her legs and arms would be found later, washed and neatly wrapped in newspaper and thrown throughout Elysian Park. Oh my God. Then Hickman vanished after that. But let me tell you, I know you don't want to hear this, but no, I think our readers yeah. want our, our readers, readers, our readers in the paper. No, the um. Oh my god! Listeners want to hear this. Yeah. Okay, so her condition. Um, oh my god. She had been horribly mutilated, and her body wrapped in towels. Both of her legs had been cut off, close to the body. Her arms had been cut off, and she had been disemboweled, and her body stuffed with rags. A wire had been twisted tightly around her neck, cutting deeply into her skin, then went up the back of her neck and was wrapped tightly around her forehead in an attempt to hold her head up. What? Yep. Mm -hmm. Her eyelids were sewn open with black thread to make it appear that she was still alive. Um, A medical examiner determined that Marion was killed just a few hours before her body was dumped out of the car. Man. Okay. So he... Okay, so I have a picture. No. Do you not want to see it? (laughs) It's not gory. Nope. Okay. Don't want to see it. I don't want to. I will not show you. I'll show you guys, though. <laughs> You'll sh- she'll show you guys. If You're you going to have to make curious. that post. I'm not making that post. I'll make it. <laughs> okay, so that happened. It was devastating, obviously. There was, <laughs> yeah. The dad was oh, screaming. I can't even. Um, People were oh calling 911 because of his screams. Just, just because of his screams. Which, by the way, like, that is not... I have a map. I'll show you, like, where yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. So everyone went crazy after that. So if you're a full residence, yeah. they thought there was, something was going to happen to their kids too. Yeah. Retreated to their homes. Uh, school attendance fell. Mexico's governor closed the border to prevent the Fox from escaping into Mexico. Radio stations and newspapers appealed for information and rewards for the killer's arrest totaled $60,000. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, well, before they knew that she, that she had been murdered, they were looking for her, like, continuously. Yeah. You know, they had, like, flyers everywhere and all that stuff. Ugh. So, after an autopsy found a bloodstained towel marked Belve- Bellevue Arms Apartments stuffed into Marion's torso, police closed in. Detectives talked with H- Hickman, who was registered under an alias... But he slipped away undercover at night. So everyone was... I mean, I have to say, thank God those guys were so fucking dumb. Because back then, forensics did not exist. And oh, yeah. if they weren't dumb, if they even were kind of smart, they would have gotten away with it. So I'm so glad they were They're so, pretty dumb. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah. Pandemonium reigned for days. One man who resembled Hickman was arrested seven times within... Eight hours. Seven times within eight hours. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> you! Arrested him. Arrested. And like, just kidding. You! <laughs> just kidding. Let's get back out. That's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He finally asked to stay in jail. He's like, just keep me here. Like, I'm innocent. Yeah. 
Um, another lookalike was severely beaten by a mob. For safekeeping, police took him to jail where he hanged himself. Oh my god. It wasn't even guilty, but like people were just beating him well, up guess, so much. Yeah. Seven days after Marion's abduction, Hickman was captured in Oregon after a frantic car chase. With his hands up, he asked detectives if they thought he would be as famous as Nathan Leopard and Richard Loeb. Who uh, the heck are those people? Leopold and Loeb. Yeah. They they were Oh, the Chicago teenage friends. throw killers. Yeah. yeah, they were bad boys too. Okay. That that's the next one. It's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. It's very they only actually I thought as soon as you said the thing because they only caught those guys because of the the glasses they were wearing. Anyways, but uh, um, Oh, it was a nineteen twenty four murderer. Okay. Yeah. Of a fourteen year old yeah. boy. It's messed up. To commit the perfect crime. This one's more messed up. Okay. Have you heard of this one though? I actually have. Once mm-hmm. you started talking about her face in the car, I was like, oh no, I've, I've, yeah. I had It's been a of... long time, but yeah. yes, yes, okay. I, I had heard about it. Okay, so Hickman pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity on January 25th, 1928, the first day of his trial. The crowd outside of the Hall of Justice was in a lynch mob mode. Yeah. Or mood. Mode and mood. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag. Mood. Mood. <laughs> they cocked at Hollywood figures arriving to attend the trial. Already newspaper headlines shrieked, Hickman must hang! Yeah. Up on the eighth floor, hundreds waiting to get into the trial almost rioted when Superior Court Judge Carlos Hardy began issuing reserve seats to his political cronies and his wife's guest. I can't believe this is a thing back then. It's because people had nothing. That's why they went to hangings and stuff, because they were so bored. Yeah, but it's like, yes, this is so good. Yeah. Or being, like, in in Rome, and it's entertaining to see people get mauled by lions So I guess people would probably be like, you girls talk about these crazy things. That's true. Why do you talk about it? That's true. I don't want to watch it. I just find it so fascinating that, that... You know we'd be up there at the trial. Yeah, we would. We would have been there. We would have been there. Yeah. What I'm saying is... I would not be at why? The, the gladiator thing, though. That's where I... Jet- why they not let us in? I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, at the end of the week's long trial, jurors deliberated for 43 minutes... The 2,000 people gathered around the Hall of Justice for the verdict greeted it with cheers. Yeah. Hickman was sane and would hang. The murder had taken place three months after California narrated the standards for insanity. Days later, in a separate trial, Hickman and Hunt were found guilty of murdering the druggist, which was the crime that happened earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Remember, they, they stole some stuff and then they ended up shooting the guy in, like, the drugstore. Oh, I don't remember you saying that. Yeah, I said that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But then the grandpa stuff happened. Well, okay. (laughs) And both, they were both sentenced to prison. Um, Moot in Hickman's case. During eight months of appeals, Hickman on San Quentin's. San Quentin? Is it Quentin's? Yeah, Quentin. The jail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. San Quentin. San Quentin. <laughs> Look at me. Look at me butchering everything. San Quentin's death row. I was trying to be exotic. 
Where's your products? Here's your tea. Where? I'm just going to go vacation. I got a nice uh, Airbnb at San Quentin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, anyway, he embraced <laughs> the Catholic religion. Oh, fuck And him. wrote apologetic letters to his victims' families. Ugh. On a damp, foggy day in October, radio broadcasters stood outside the prison gates to report Hickman's death on the gallows. Inside, scores of reporters and guests pushed and shoved to get the best seats. Of course they did. Mm -hmm. They watched as guards brought in Hickman, his arms strapped to his sides. He mounted the 13 steps to the gallons. A priest followed, praying out loud. Which, by the way, he he had told his... I read this, like, in a separate thing. He had told his inmates, oh, like, I'm going to walk up there proudly, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And he stumbled. He done goofed he and done fell. Goofed. The steps. Yeah. So he was not, he was so scared. Yeah. A priest followed, praying aloud, Lord, have mercy on us. Hickman responded, Christ, have mercy on us. That's how his voice was. <laughs> after the block, <laughs> after the black hood, when over his head, the trap doors fell away. Death wasn't instantaneous. Hickman uh. struck his head on the side of the gallows as he fell and hung, hung there, violently twitching and jerking. No. After a few moments, a prison doctor climbed a stepladder beneath the gallows, ripped open Hickman's shirt, and put a stethoscope to his chest. As the body swung back and forth, the doctor moved with it before finally shouting, Deceased! An autopsy report would later state that his neck did not break. Hickman, who had at first tried to strangle his young victim, had been strangled himself. So then I did find some more information on what happened to the family after that. Yeah. Because I thought that was, you know, I really wanted to know. Uh, It was cemeteryguide.com. And... So, along with a thick album of clippings from the newspaper coverage of the case, uh... There's a bunch of, or what I was telling you, the police reports and all that stuff at the Historical Society Museum. So the school from which Marion was kidnapped, the Mount Vernon Junior High School, which is very close. I mapped it out. It's like less than 10 minutes from here. Yeah. Um, It has been completely rebuilt and was renamed the Joni L. Cochran Junior Middle School in 2006. And although the original building is gone, a large stone piece from the original building is carved with the name Mount Vernon Junior High School. And it was saved. And it's currently at the main entrance of it. The Bellevue Arms apartment building, which is where Marion was killed, Mm. uh, was being remodeled in 2009 into condos to be known as the Brownstone Lofts. With prices starting at $1 million. Mm. But the original exterior and interior brickwork were to remain, including the original archway over the front door, where Marion likely entered. They would have corresponded roughly, but not exactly, to the layout of the original apartments. And there would have been a unit 315, and that was his unit yeah. number. And yes, it would have a bathtub. But in 2012, the project developer developer filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. 
and the building was sold to a new owner. So he planned to complete the renovation and rent out the 55 units in the building, but I don't know if that's that happened. I need to look into it. Yeah. But they were they were to be known as Bellevue Bellevue Lost LA as apartments. So I'll look into it and let you guys know next time. Marion's father, Perry Marion Parker, died on New Year's Eve in 1944 at the age of 65. After working for the bank for 44 years, he is buried in the Parker family plot with his parents at Evergreen Cemetery in Los Angeles. Uh, and it said, Dr. Roman. So then Marion's mother, brother, and twin sister moved out of the family home in, on South Wilton Place in 1948. Marion's mother, Geraldine Parker, died in San Diego, California in 1963 at the age of 75. She is also buried in the Parker family plot, but her grave is unmarked, which I thought that was odd. Yeah. I don't know why they would market uh marion's brother perry william parker died in torrance california in 1983 at the age of 75 uh, her brother enlisted and served two tours of duty with air force during world war ii from 1942 to 1946 and he was also there at, during the korean war mm-hmm. Mar- and then her twin sister marjorie Married, moved to San Diego, and died in 1987 at the age of 71. So, in 1990, the Los Angeles Times published an article about allegedly haunted locations in the area. Yeah. Which you should look into. Including the Parker's former home at 1631 South Wilton Place. Yeah. We'll have to go visit. Yeah. We can go take a little walk. Yeah. Uh, It was... It reported that Michelle Palland and Steve Daly purchased and then sold a house in 1988 and said they believed that the ghost of Marion Parker lived with them. They reported hearing footsteps on the stairs and finding objects displaced at times, as well as lights going on and off for no known reason. They said that there were sharing a space with a childlike and non threatening spirit <laughs> yeah. oh my god and that's all i got for you well Woo. thanks for sharing that i know it's crazy <laughs> i just it, it's just so crazy to me living in a city that just has so much history yeah and I think that's just so fan- like we just go about our daily lives and it's like yeah a lot of stuff has happened here a lot of stuff has happened here yeah even in my apartment building and I don't know I'm trying to find more I should go to the library and just yeah. like, find out stuff man yeah it's so devastating I can't even I mean what was done to her was so horrific nowadays if that happened nowadays people would react the same exact way because it is so outrageous. Yeah. For, like, yeah, I remember 
yeah, trying to make her seem still alive. Like, that's just fucked up beyond. Yeah, that's beyond. He told her, well, also, like, it wasn't in that article, but I read a few different things on different sites. But they said that she, he told her that she was sleeping. That's why she wasn't moving. He's like, oh, yeah, she's sleeping. Give me the money. Oh, yeah. And then... Yeah, I like do, yeah, out. it's like, yeah, I remember, I do, when you got to that part, I was like, oh no, I've heard this, I don't want to hear it anymore! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's messed up. I mean, that could not have been his first killing, though, is the other thing, is because that's very, that's very aggressive and very intense. Yeah. Which is just so heartbreaking, and, I mean, ugh. Ugh. It's good, though. I'm glad you told it. It's a story that should be told and needs to be told and heartbreaking and devastating. Yeah, it's very devastating. Yeah, you're right. People don't... Yeah, it's not that known. Eek. Eek. Well, um... It's a great time to do this because I was thinking, I was like, how can we end, like, the show sometimes? So I thought that it'd be fun if we asked each other, like, each week be like, what's your favorite? Blah, blah, blah. And today I was like, oh, I should ask Angelica, what's her favorite sandwich? Oh, that's a good what's one. What's your favorite type of sandwich? Totally. I like, yeah, that is very different. It's a good ending on a light note. Ending on a light note good. because we need to right now. Yes. What's your favorite sandwich? My favorite sandwich. Ooh, I like I like club sandwiches or mm-hmm. BLTs. Okay. What type of bread? Yes. I like sourdough. Sourdough is my favorite. great. Yeah. I like cheese. I can do, I mean, I love cheese. It doesn't matter what kind of cheese. But on a sandwich, usually I go for maybe provolone. Okay. Or Monterey Jack. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like avocado in my sandwich too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love, I do like sandwiches. I actually was craving a sandwich earlier. Who doesn't love a sandwich? (laughs) I know. People that don't eat gluten. That's true. Which I didn't for a while. But I'm back on that bandwagon. (laughs) Because it's too darn good. I know. I was, I was thinking about, because on my way here, I was actually eating. So my favorite, I love sandwiches, but I think Uh my absolute favorite is, so Boar's Head makes these. Oh, Boar's Head makes really good they make really good sandwiches, but sandwiches. I really like they have these pinwheels, which is basically like a wrap sandwich that they cut up into like, you know, those little circles. Oh, yeah. So they have, I love their pinwheel <laughs> sandwiches. And so I got one as, I got one for my dinner as I was driving here and I was eating it and I was like, oh, this is good. I'm like, and then I thought oh, we should talk <laughs> about what our favorite something is. But I think that'll be like a good maybe ending is to like, mm-hmm. what's your favorite? And each week we can learn a little. Yeah. A little no, that's more. good. So favorite sandwich. We'll do that. I'll, yeah. I'll ask the next question. Yeah. Next you week. ask the next one. Or um, next two weeks or whatever. Yes. So. I want to know, what's your favorite sandwich? Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Love a sandwich. Any type we of We want to hear type. it all. We want to hear it all. And yeah. that, yeah. We and we still want to hear it all. We still want to hear it all. <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening. And um, send us anything you want. We appreciate any everybody that listens. It means mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to give a shout out to, um... Okay, so Sarah Luna. Sarah Luna, we watching you. No, I'm just kidding. We're not watching you because we can't see you. We can't see. But I am I am uh, remote viewing you, Sarah Luna. Yeah, Thank she's you. remote viewing you. And you are awesome. Thank you for listening all the way from the ATX. 
because we love Texas, and even though Stephanie's never been to Austin, right? I've never been to Texas. She's never been to Texas, but <laughs> I, I love, love it. it. I love you she guys. She loves it. I love so. it. She just doesn't love know barbecue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you Tell for listening. Really appreciate it. Tell your friends and um, let us know anything you want us to know. Because remember, we, we want to hear, hear it all. It all. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Night.